Hello and welcome back to episode 11 of the Kilby Podcast. This is a special episode being recorded in Greenwich, Prince Edward Island, Canada. That's right. I'm on my vacation and I brought my iPad and I brought my microphone and I'm recording a podcast because I want to get back on schedule. So before I start talking about the vacation, let's do some follow-up. For a follow-up this time, we have... So that's the follow-up. So first, let me tell you about the trip. We are going on a 10-day vacation to Canada. We are we are halfway through the trip. We stopped at St. John, New Brunswick, and we stayed near the Fundy National Park in Alma. And now we are in Greenwich, Prince Edward Island, where we've been for a few days. We rented a small cottage. You can see a picture linked in the show notes. And we're moving on to Nova Scotia tomorrow, taking a ferry back across to the mainland and spending a few nights in Halifax, followed by one last night in Moncton, New Brunswick, before we make this six-hour trip back home. So, so far it's been great. We've seen lots of fun things like the reversing waterfalls, and we've been on different beaches and explored Prince Edward Island a little bit. It's been really nice to relax and not think about work. That's the vacation. It's really beautiful. Since it's the 10th anniversary of our honeymoon, which we took a trip up to Newfoundland, we decided to come up to Canada. One thing that I've found in this trip, which has been somewhat stressful, and some are interesting related to technology, which is why I'm talking about it now, is data. Traveling to Canada with data. I'm not talking about Lieutenant Commander data from Star Trek The Next Generation. I am talking about data for your cell phone, data plans. Prior to the trip, I did a little research. In the past, we traveled to Iceland. I unlocked my iPhone, and when we got there, I bought a prepaid SIM, and we used that during the trip. There was a little confusion about running out of data, but we worked it out, and so I had the prepaid SIM from an Icelandic company, and it worked awesome. I was like, oh, cool. We went to Montreal, and I said, oh, we'll try this same thing. I went to a store where the guy spoke French and he sold me a SIM card, but I was never able to get it to work correctly. That was tricky because we had to go from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi. For this trip, I wanted to make sure that we had data so that we could use the Maps app and get around the island whenever we needed to and not rely on a map. So I researched that and AT&T, which is my carrier, seems to have this passport plan which lets you spend 40 or $60 for 200 megabytes or 300 megabytes. We opted for the $60 300 megabyte plan thinking that that would probably be maybe about what we would use, but we weren't really sure. We turned that on and what I found is that you need to turn data wrong on in order for that to actually work but I guess the data roaming is free so that's how it works and I did also find another fun thing which is that maps doesn't hit the network I guess if you stay on a route but we started a route to St. John from Maine and I found that no data was used because we stayed right on the route and it didn't have to try to reroute. It didn't end up using any data. So that was an interesting find. I don't know how that would work if you have it open. I was just using my Apple Watch to do navigation, so it worked okay. That was how we worked out the cellular data. So far, we are about halfway through the trip and I have only used 100 megabytes or so. I had to restrict access to cellular data for all the apps and then I slowly I would turn on maps and that worked okay and then well I'm into Pokemon I would sometimes turn Pokemon Go on and look for Pokemon and I have found some in Canada but not a lot and I found that the Pokemon app didn't really use much data maps was pretty good so then I started turning on uh, email those would be on but I would still turn off roaming so that it would basically not use data unless I wanted to so that's worked out okay 
But where things have started to get tricky is with Wi-Fi. Usually you see Wi-Fi, you're excited. You're like, yes, Wi-Fi, I can do all the things. The problem is with the iPhone and the iCloud photo library, whenever it connects to Wi-Fi, it wants to upload all your photos that you've taken since the last time you were on Wi-Fi and put them up into the cloud, which is fine, I guess, if you're home and you have this giant data pipe and you can just push photos up and you're not taking a lot of pictures. But when you're on vacation and you're taking 50, 60 pictures with your camera, and then you go back to a hotel, which may or may not have Wi-Fi, it's going to try to upload them, but it might not. You never know. Hotel Wi-Fi seems to be hit or miss. And then the other problem is when you go to, say, a vacation house, this one in particular right now, they have a MiFi device, so the internet is connected through a cellular network. We had been asked to only use it for email and for planning of our days. We were like, okay, well, that's cool. We'll just try to go easy. Then I realized, oh no, my phone, I can't plug my phone in. It has one gigabyte of movies and video that it wants to upload. So I had to be very careful about not connecting my phone to the Wi-Fi. And at one point I connected my iPad and because the iPhones are super smart and they pass Wi-Fi passwords around between devices, my phone all of a sudden was connected to Wi-Fi and I was like, oh no, I don't want to waste the data. So we were trying to behave and not use too much data, but my phone had all these photos on it and I wanted to upload them. So we went looking for a coffee shop and we we found a coffee shop and I was like, I don't care about this coffee shop. I'm just going to waste all of its data. So we sat outside this coffee shop and I managed to upload 800 megabytes of photos and videos from my iCloud photo library onto the internet and back them up. But I didn't get all of them, so I still was stuck in the same situation where... I couldn't connect my phone to the network. So what I wish they had was some sort of a ability to disable the photo upload, like on the Macintosh. So if you have a Mac and you have photos, you can, there's a button you can click that says delay for 24 hours. And what that will do is it will stop uploading any photos that get added to the library or that aren't in the cloud for 24 hours. So that would be nice if the phone had that. It's all brought to my attention, the fact that we use so much data and we don't realize it. When I'm at home, you know, I stream stuff and I don't really look at how much data I use because it's through Comcast. Thinking of some of these web pages that you can load that have all these ads and all this JavaScript and they're 30 megabytes. I was like, whoa, that's 10% of the 300 megabytes that I got. I had to be really careful. And so so that's been at the back of my mind is how do we use all that data? And I was also curious if like if I had used Google services, so the source of truth is the server and the devices will push stuff up, but with Apple stuff, they really focus on the device and then push it up to the cloud and they try to merge stuff and figure it out themselves. So I was curious about, wonder what would happen if I had Google Photos, what would happen to my photos, how would I be able to access them? Uh, and finally, it just seems like with all of this data stuff, I've had to go on my phone and I don't know what would have happened for someone who's less tech savvy, but I had to toggle all these different switches to make sure that I wasn't using cellular data, that I was using Wi-Fi, but I wasn't uploading pictures, that I was not updating apps. And it's really scary to not know what's happening, that your phone's just going to kind of try to do its own thing, which is fine, which is great for most people. It's 90% of the time or 95% of the time you're home and you want the data to just connect and get sucked in and do its own thing and not have to worry about it. But then when you get in this situation where you have all these constraints and you have to stay within the constraints, it gets tricky. So that's my rant about data and cell phones and iPads and vacation. Really exciting stuff.
The last thing that I will talk about today is uh, we went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium, which was in Cavendish, I guess the town of Anne of Green Green Gables, whatever that is. It's some sort of book, but for some redhead chick, and it's all over the signs, and they have all sorts of stores, and you can buy wigs and all that fun stuff. Anyway, we were at this Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium which was cool. I like the uh, two-way mirror that you didn't know was a two-way mirror until afterwards. So people would come through and they'd start making faces because they try to get you to uh, roll your tongue. And on the other side is a viewing platform where you can watch people try to roll their tongue. So I caught my wife in the act. See the attached link in the show notes. So after we went there, we found an ice cream place. It had a big sign that said world's best ice cream. Also, you can see that in the show notes. I know why it went to the top of the list of world's best ice cream. As you can see in the picture, they had at the cash register a cone holder. So when you're paying, you can put your ice cream down and pay, which was super handy and definitely is why Cows, which is the name of the ice cream place, should be on the top list of ice cream places. Everything in the top 10 must have these things because that is a key to a very good ice cream place. The ice cream wasn't bad either. It was really good. But more importantly, they had the special cone holders. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please refer to a previous episode. I will link to the show notes, which explains my grievance with ice cream places. Oh, and while I'm on the topic of paying for things in Canada, like if you're at a restaurant or if you're anywhere and you want to use a credit card, you don't just give your credit card to the waitress and or the person and they, you know, ring it up and they bring you back a slip to sign. They hand you this little computer, which is like a little credit card terminal. You have to do all the data entry. So it they put in the price. You have to type in the tip and you have to put the card in yourself. And then it says hand it back to the person. So I have mixed feelings. It's kind of nice that I can do the tip and I can figure it out. It's not great that I have to like use this device and everyone seems to be different. So you go to one store and it works one way and you go to the next store and the, you can click the OK buttons here. And it's, uh, it's kind of annoying. However, it is nice that it's consistent and that we seem to have been able to use credit cards everywhere except for the dinner place that we walked to that just happened to be the day that they only accepted cash. And we only had American dollars. So guess what? We paid on par and we paid 41 American dollars for a 41 Canadian dollar meal. But it was good. Lynn's Takeout, if you're ever in Greenwich, Prince Edward Island, check it out. All right, that is it. I'm going to finish up this vacation, and I hope you provide some feedback or some follow-up. I hope you can write to me at Keeksands on Twitter. Feel free to forward this on to any friends that you might think are interested. And also, if you want to go in the iTunes store and rate the podcast, yep, that's right, that's me begging for ratings, uh, go ahead and do that. Let people know that you listen and that you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't go there and tell them that you don't enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.